Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us over on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Our listener support campaign continues. You can support the show uh, as an ongoing Patreon supporter for as little as $2 per month at patreon.greatdetectives.net. But today our focus is on one-time donations. You can uh, send in a one-time donation at support.greatdetectives.net or through the Zell app to box13 at greatdetectives.net, or by mail to Adam Graham, P.O. Box 15913, Boise, Idaho, 83715. And during our listener support campaign, if you send a donation of $20 or more, we'll happily send you one of several of my eBooks, including my novel, Slime Incorporated, or my uh, books, uh, All I Needed to Know I Learned from Columbo, or All I Needed to Know I Learned from Dragnet. And that is with a donation of $20 or more. Also, if you donate $25, I will send you a Colonial Radio Theater audio drama. They've adapted five different Perry Mason novels, so you can get to hear a very faithful adaptation of the original uh, novels, and that will come with a donation of uh, $25 or more. We'll send you one of those. Or also they have Father Brown. And then if you send a donation of $100 or more, I'll happily send you a Great Detectives of Old Time Radio t-shirt uh, if you're in the United States. And you can choose from either uh, our regular Great Detectives t-shirt or our Johnny Dollar Anniversary t-shirt or the Joe Friday Never Said Just the Facts Ma'am t-shirt. And that's with a donation of $100 or more. Uh, and be sure and provide your sizes and your address. Uh... Uh, if you're interested in that option. All right. Full available list of uh, thank you gifts at support.greatdetectives.net. Uh, but now we're going to get into today's episode of Let George Do It. And as a reminder, after today's program, uh, we're going to be talking about our five-year plan for Tuesday, so you won't want to miss that. All right, the original air date for today's episode of Let George Do It is June the 11th, 1951. And this one is Sucker Stunt. Personal notice. Danger's my stock and trade. If the job's too tough for you to handle, you got a job for me, George Valentine. Write full details. Say, you all set for another visit with Valentine? I hope so. Because as always, we have what I think is a real peachy little bit of mayhem in store for you. It's a little thing called sucker stunt, 
which will give you a rough idea as what is about to take place. In case you want the gaps filled in, why don't you forget about me and watch how George handles the situation on Let George Do It. Dear Mr. Valentine, I'll be back around 10.30 and then we'll get the guy. What? Go on. Well, that's all it says, George. Just a note shoved under the door. I found it when I opened up. Dear Mr. Valentine, I'll be back around 10.30 and then we'll get the guy. There's no time or signature. Hello. What's the matter? Well, you waited for me, didn't you? Oh, I'm Tim McGean. Is that supposed to mean something? Well, sure, I'm the guy who... Yeah, I know, I know. You wrote this note. But you didn't sign it. I what? Why do you like that? I'm so wound up, I don't know what I'm doing. Sure, Tim McGean, that's my name. Sit down, you look worn out. Been up all night? Uh, Working. Here, let me unload. I'm a photographer, see? Yeah, so I notice. Work up the north side of town. You know, weekly newspaper, that kind of stuff. I'm doing all right, see? I could support her myself. That's what gets me. That's what I don't understand. Her? I thought it was a guy you were out to get. Oh, well, sure. His name is Florio. Uh... I think you'd better start at the beginning. What happened? Did somebody steal your girl? Huh? Oh, no, no, no. It's my kid's sister, see? She's only 18, lives with an aunt, but I feel sort of responsible. But you know how girls that age are. She won't listen to anything. She mixed up with this guy? I'm afraid she'll marry him. This address is down here. What's wrong with him? Why do you need me? Look, Mr. Valentine, I'm just an ordinary dull jerk. My sister won't listen to me. But I want you to see this guy. All this romantic European stuff, there's something fishy with it. Look, I still don't get it. What's fishy about it? Look, he's never told her what his business is. And he won't tell her. He's a good 20 years older than her. I I phoned him once, you know, trying to meet him, have a beer or something. But you know what he said? It was none of my business. Had to stay away from him or I'd get a nosebleed. Nice guy. Okay, Tim, you got his address. Let's go take a look at Florio's nose. Uh, just for size. You are listening to Let George Do It. Our adventure will continue in just a minute. Now back to George Valentine and Let George Do It. Are you married? Oh, I used to be, but she wasn't much. It was no good. We're sort of separated. Maybe that's it. I've been a sucker Wait a myself. You, uh, you said 412, didn't you? Florio's. We buy and sell. Looks more like a bookie joint. Jewelry, leather goods, exchange, musical instruments. Well, that must be him right there in the window, that dark boy with the light teeth. <laughs> Busy as a beaver. Okay, I'll go inside and take a look. Yeah, but what are you going to say? You'll spoil everything if, if you tell him... Don't you worry, don't worry. I'll think of something. Look, if you can strike up a conversation, make him spend a little time, maybe you could... Wait a minute, here. Here, take this. Huh? Sell it to him. Your camera? Yeah, sure. It's got a couple scratches. Anyway, I got another. I get him wholesale. Well, from the looks of the place, you'll probably get clipped. <laughs> That's what I mean. It'd be worth the price even to have that much on it. Here. Ask for 175 That's what it was, wholesale. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, it's another sucker stunt, but okay. I'll wait for you. Good morning. Hello. 
You, Florio, you the boss? Also the cook and bottle washer, yeah. You have business? Uh, yeah. Of course, Mr. Valentine. It's a pleasure. Oh, you know me? Oh, yes, I have been in this neighborhood 15 years. What is it, the camera? Yeah. Sell or loan? Well, see what it's worth. Mm -hmm. Don't think I've ever stopped in your shop here before. Pretty good business? Pretty good taxes. How is your business, Mr. Valentine? You must get a great many strange cases. Oh, I do. Well, a Jefferson Mini, eh? Two-nine lens. Yeah, good condition. Practically new. Oh, it seems a shame to sell. Uh, do you have a little time? Why? Oh, not about the camera. I just thought you might have lunch. You see, if, <laughs> if you wouldn't mind, my wife is a great admirer of yours. Your, uh... Wife, Florio? My boss. My bed is three quarters. Not beautiful, but <laughs> then so am I. And such a wonderful... Uh, Florio, let me see huh? that camera a second, will you? Oh, the scratches. I didn't even notice. No, neither did I. Nice compact camera, though. Mm -hmm. Fits in my pocket without its even being noticed. Yes, why sell it? But if you wish, I give you a loan. But this is not important. It is lunch with me and my wife and children. I'd love to, and... Floria, but uh, some other time, okay? Uh-huh. Right now, I gotta straighten out a sucker. Hey, but what did he say? What did he Here's the money. Twenty-five bucks. Twenty-five? What's the matter? Not enough? Oh, Sure, but... All right, come on back to the office. I want you to sign a receipt. But, Mr. Valentine, I got work to Look, do today. Look, if a I... guy's crooked, you want him nailed legally. Well, come on, come on, let's get going. Mr. Valentine, what is this? You've been driving almost three hours now. Mr. Valentine doesn't like to talk while he drives. But even when you went back up to the office, you didn't explain... I had some you... phone calls to make, that's all. I think he telephoned your sister, Tim. Oh, is that nice, Angel? Hmm? He knows he hasn't got a sister. Now, look. Just like he knows that the first time he saw Florio was probably when he walked by the shop this morning. Took a look at Florio so he could describe him to me. Look, I, I don't understand you at all. I don't know. Okay. If I'd known that you weren't going to believe anything I said, I'd have gone someplace else. Holy smoke, look at the time. I got work to do. What do you think you're taking me anyway? My wife will be worried if I don't fall. Oh, I thought you said you were separated from your wife, that she was no good. Well, well, well How yeah. How could you phone her if she doesn't have a number? What? I checked that. While George was talking to the police. To the po Well, Well, sure, sure. I really got a wife, but she don't live in a city. We don't even speak. What is this, Apple Junction? Don't you know? No, no. Never been out this way before. Oh, May I read him the early morning newspaper, George? It's just a little item, not very important. Um, Mr. Ben Roberts, a salesman for the Fruit Growers Equipment Company, said that he picked up the hitchhiker about 100 miles north of Apple Junction shortly after midnight, and that the man held him up and left him after traveling south only a few miles. The man was described as ordinary in appearance, about 35 years old, about 5 feet 9 inches in height, wearing overcoat and hat. Why, well, I guess that could be almost anybody, couldn't it? Hmm. Uh, taken from Mr. Roberts was $112 in cash, including a $50 bill, a good luck Canadian dollar, and a brand new camera, Jefferson Miniature, with an F-29 lens. Hey, that's a coincidence. Yeah, isn't it? Doesn't say anything about scratches, does it, Angel? 
where the camera serial number should have been? No, George. Now listen, both of you... Oh, Tim, it's as old as the hills, that gag. You want to fence a stolen item, but you see a newspaper story about it, so you want to be careful. You get somebody like me, who's known in the neighborhood, to make the sale for you. After I'd handed you the money, you'd have made up another bright story and disappeared. That's not true. I didn't say it was. I haven't accused you of anything. But, brother, you use the word sucker a little too loosely. Oh, I know I, I stick my neck out putting an ad like mine in the paper. And all too often, bright boys like you try to take advantage George, of it. George, turn right. There's the sheriff's office. Yeah. No, let me out. Please, let me out. I'll, I'll explain everything. For once, Buster, I'm going to make a sucker out of the guy who tried to make me a sucker. No, please. Please keep going. I, I didn't do it. I never even been this town before, honest. Well, well, look who's here. If it ain't Tim again. Been away? Oh, no. <laughs> okay, sucker. Now I start enjoying myself. Well, Tim here's never really been in any trouble before, Mr. Valentine, but he sure fits the description. Yeah, I'll say he does. Oh, be quiet, will you? What are you doing here anyway, Ames? He's a hired hand out of my wife's place, Mr. Valentine. Nobody believes him. I sent for him just a few minutes ago. Well, day off. I guess I can do anything I want, can't I? Ben! Oh, Ben! Uh, right here, Sheriff. Just admiring the calendars in your office. Better than the ones in the barber shop. <laughs> oh, excuse me, lady. Ben Roberts, Miss Brooks, Mr. Valentine. Roberts? The uh, one who was robbed at midnight last night? First time in 17 years on this road. Let me tell you, Mac, I've picked up hitchhikers all my life, and not a single one of them has ever held me up. Give it. Is this the guy, Ben? Of course not. Of course I'm not. Is he? Well, it was night. I don't want to just come right Here's out. Here's the camera. He scratched off the serial number. He hasn't been searched yet for the money, but... I'll do it right now. Let go. Let me Here. get your hands off. Here, here's his wallet. It's your pen, ain't it, Ben? Me? Sure, with a trick flashlight. You showed it to me once, remember? Yeah. Look, I found it. I tell you, I found it someplace yesterday. I, I oh, don't stop know... stop trying so hard, Tim. There's a $50 bill in the wallet. You don't see them very often. George, look, a Canadian dollar. Oh, cut it out. I don't have to see all that stuff. You don't have to be a nice guy, Mr. Roberts. Yeah. Who's kidding who? I recognize him. Sorry, sucker. Okay, Sheriff, that's it. So long, Tim. I'll get even with you, Valentine. Hold on a minute, Valentine. Mm. You're not leaving. While you were out driving with this bird, I got another case. What do you mean? Well, apparently sometime around midnight last night, about 50 miles south of here, that's where Tim McGeehan's wife lived, well, that's when the doctor says she was murdered. What's that? What'd you say? My wife? Oh, no, she can't be. And at the same time, Tim was committing a robbery 100 miles north of town. That's what I mean, Valentine. I really need your help. Tim's the only good suspect. But since you proved he couldn't do it, I mean, well, now you've given him a perfect alibi. Okay, okay, Sheriff, don't rub it in. And all I wanted was to keep from being played for a sucker. Oh, brother. listening to Let George Do It. Our adventure will continue in just a minute. 
back to George Valentine. If your name is George Valentine, you don't enjoy being played for a sucker. And so when Tim McGean comes into your office with a weak-kneed story, you waste no time in turning the tables on him. You take him out to Apple Junction, where you prove that he committed the hitchhike robbery of a salesman north of town. Oh, no, you're no sucker. Not much. Because now you find that at exactly the same time, Tim's wife was being murdered south of town. Ben, you you could have made a mistake, couldn't you? Well, I might have, George. That's your name, isn't it, George? We had a sales manager once whose name yeah, was... Well, I mean, uh, when you identified that guy, he's strictly a medium-sized, medium-everything character. You can say that again. Well, uh, you you hesitated. Yeah, I remember you hesitated. That's right, George. So I did. A man hates to point a finger at another man and say, put him in jail. Yeah, I know how you feel. But, uh... Maybe you were wrong. Well, huh? now, a man's a fool if he don't say he's wrong once in a while. At least that's what the milkman said to the prize fighter's wife. Yeah, uh-huh. Well, it was late at night. Maybe you were out with some of the boys earlier. Uh, don't remember too well. Tell you a funny thing about me, George. I like a good time as well as the next fella, but not when I'm working. See that? You don't get solid gold watches in my outfit for just flirting with waitresses. No, sir. Last night, I might have been tired, but I was wide awake and alert. Anyway, how do you explain all that stuff of mine? He had it, didn't he? Okay, Ben, okay, Skipper. His uh, wife was quite a dish, I understand. Search me. But she owned an orchard, the sheriff says. Yeah, that's what bothers me most. Tim McGean's the only one to benefit from her death. And he's got a perfect alibi. Don't take it so hard, Valentine. We haven't even got a fingerprint crew from the city out there yet. Apparently it wasn't just a cold-blooded murder. No, no. She was strangled and slugged over the head. Crime of passion. That's all it could be where a woman like Doris McGeehan was concerned. So if it wasn't done for a money motive, then I don't see why you think it had to be Tim McGeehan. Angel, I'm going to throw a curve back at that guy if it's the last thing I do. Come on, let's go see where it happened. Okay. Hey, you, Ames. Yeah? Come on with us. Ames? Yeah, McGinn's hired hand. He can show us around. Nice orchard. Not a bad-looking little place. Yeah, careful of the loose board there. Hey, get off the porch. Who is it? Hello, Joe. My deputy. Mr. Valentine, Miss Brooks. Oh, come in, folks. You weren't here yesterday, Mr. James? Oh, no, ma'am, not me. Day off. I always go fishing on my day off. Spend the night in the hills. Here you are, Mr. Valentine. Here's where the body was. Uh-huh. Who found it? Joe here. Come out to ask a couple questions about Tim after you phoned, saying you had him. Uh, it certainly was a fight here, wasn't there? You'll see. Table knocked over and rug kicked up. Yeah, and the front door was open just the way it is now. George, where are you going? Back door. Through here, isn't it? That's right, Mr. Valentine. Yeah. Locked. Hey, what are you doing? I want to shut the front door, that's all. Uh-huh. Latch was on this one, too, wasn't it? What are you driving at? Oh, simple type crime, Sheriff. Uh, Ames, uh, where did you say you were last night? Yeah, well, well up in the hills, I told sure, you. Sure, I know, but, uh... Where are the fish you caught? Well, I only got one. I ate it. Now, looky here. You notice the two glasses there on the table, Sheriff? Yeah? You say Mrs. McGeehan had no particular friends well, or anybody? Well, there's a couple of fellas, but it only took about two seconds to cross them off fast. One was up in San Francisco, the other was at the party. Never mind. The... 
I think I know how to wrap this crime up for you fast. And I'll enjoy doing it, too. George, what are you talking about? We're not far from the highway, Valentine. Almost any transient or bum could have wandered over All right, look at the evidence, Sheriff. Mrs. McGee was alone, right? Then someone came, a man, but he couldn't have just broken in because both doors were locked. Well, that's true, but If he'd been a stranger, there's a telephone. She could have called for help. Besides, whoever it was, she gave him a drink. Well, you got to break Tim McGee's alibi. He hated her, I tell you. They fought lots of times. I've seen him. Ames, I know it'd be nice if we could hang it onto him, but we can't. So who's left but you? Well, now, wait a minute, Sheriff. He paid no attention to her, only worked well, sure, I told you it was a simple crime. Just because you know him, stop shutting your eyes to the obvious. Well, let go, let go of me. I didn't Ames, do it. Ames, come back. Well, I didn't. I'm not going to get railroaded. Look no. out, George. Oh, no, you don't. Bust it. Holy smoke. He's such a nice guy. All right, you got your murderer, Sheriff. Lock him up. <laughs> Valentine, I know you're sore at me. All right, if I use your one chair, Tim? Oh, sure, sure. Not a very fancy cell, I'm afraid. Tim, now listen to me. I was sore at you, sure. That camera deal you played me for a sucker. Well, I I never pulled a robbery before. For a while, I thought maybe you'd suckered me into helping you with a gratuitous alibi. Mr. Valentine... All right, forget it. Relax, would you? Sheriff will be here in a minute. He's got aims, all right. What? Yeah, so I, uh, I thought I'd better be a nice guy and warn you what the penalty is for armed holdup. Robbing a man of several hundred bucks worth of stuff. But what did you say about Ames? You'd better worry about yourself for a change, Tim. What? Of course, first offense could be heavy. You might be out in a couple of years, but... Uh... Look, what are you driving at? I-, I know what a dumb thing I did. Oh, no, no. Maybe it was smart. This man, Ben Roberts, got held up last night up north and reported it as soon as he got into town. The early morning papers printed the story. Well, that was quite a break. Good piece of luck. Piece of what? Look, you're getting me all mixed up. You didn't up. come to see me until after the banks had opened, 10.30, remember? So you'd have had a chance to go get some money, pick up a Canadian dollar and a new camera. After all, the newspaper told you what kind to buy. No, that's not true. I don't know what you're talking about. Then what's that you said about Ames being... Let go of me, will you? Let go of me. Cut it out, Ames. Get in there. Go Sheriff, on. listen. Get me a lawyer. Get lawyer's me a lawyer. Lawyer's not going to do you any good. Get me a lawyer. Well, I'll be a... So that's it. He did it. Ames did it. He killed Doris. Now you see what I mean about thinking of yourself? The penalty for robbery, Tim, could easily be five years. You sent for me, George? Hmm. Oh, yeah, Ben. Stick around. Uh, you too, Sheriff. I can't get over it. Ames. He never even noticed Doris, just a hired hand. I, I, I ran. I didn't even think of looking for him. What did you say? I, I mean that... Five years, Tim. So how about it? I understand what kind of a spot you were in. The only big suspect for her death. She played around and you hated her, even if you didn't live there anymore. Mr. Valentine, I don't know what... I gave you a start a minute ago, huh? You read about Ben's robbery in the newspaper. You knew nobody would ever believe you unless you had a foolproof alibi. You figured it was better to take a lesser rap in order to make sure of dodging the gas chamber. Hey, hey, what's all this, George? Oh, well, you gave me the idea, Ben. You wouldn't have described the hitchhiker in such general terms unless you really hadn't got too good a look at him. But he had my camera. He was running. He was in the city. He saw a list of what was stolen in the newspaper. He realized he'd fit the vague description. So, he went around and bought the stuff, filed the serial number off the camera so you couldn't check it, and also so I'd be sure to see through his story and nail him. In fact, he hired me to nail him. Holy smoke. Oh, uh, Sheriff, ask the other guy to step in here, would you please? Sure. You... Come in here. That's all right. Just stand there in the door. 
Uh-huh. Medium-sized, about 35. Wearing hat and overcoat. What about it, Ben? What do you mean? Could that guy be the one who held me up? Oh, gosh. I don't know. Who is he? Cop. I dressed up. Okay, thanks, Joe. <laughs> don't that beat all? You know, I'll grant you it is pretty hard to identify a man. Never mind, it. never mind. I'll tell the truth. Well, now you're getting smart, Tim. Only what happened that made you so sure you had to pull all this? Yes, what did you mean a second ago when you said you ran? You didn't even think of looking for Ames. Well, I, I was there after it happened at Doris. All right, go on. They'll need your testimony. Well, I went down to see Doris last night. I was good and sore. She'd been playing around with guys on the QT. Even if we are separated, it doesn't mean that you can... Well, anyway, my fingerprints are probably all over the house. When I got there, the door was open. She was lying there, dead. I ran, hopped a truck to the city, but I had to make up something, didn't I? And a robbery north of town was the golden opportunity, sure. Brooksy, you get all that done? I've got it all, George. What? Sure, if that does it... You can turn Ames loose now. I've broken the sucker's alibi. Why, you dirty... Oh, no. Stop him! Cut it out. Cut it out. All right, now take it easy. I didn't say you killed your wife, did I? <laughs> well, what's the matter? There's a fair chance he didn't. He just took advantage of a lucky break, that's all. The holdup. What are you driving at, Valentine? Hasn't it occurred to any of you that the holdup itself might be phony? What's all this? Yeah, that Ben here is just about the type guy who might have been mixed up with Doris McGee on the QT. The big traveling salesman. Oh, 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 George, you're crazy. That last night he could have come into town from the south instead of the north after throwing away his camera and money and a Canadian dollar. Oh, Buster, it sure must have scared you today when the robber showed up. And of all people, her husband. You're going to let him talk like that, Sheriff? I never even met this Doris. When we searched you today, Tim, you had Ben's fountain pen, the one with the trick flashlight, remember? What, if he took it off me last night when he held me up, uh, I mean... Careful, Ben, careful. Don't get tangled up now. If anybody had stolen it from you, they'd have taken it out of your pocket, right? And if so, why didn't they take that solid gold watch you're so proud of? George, that's right. Hey. Of course, Tim claimed he'd found the pen someplace. Sure, that's So it uh, couldn't have been stolen anyway, huh? Wait a minute. Let me think. Never occurred to me. Found it yesterday, you said, Tim. Come on, now. I remember. Sometime yesterday, a last Don't night. Don't listen to him. How would he know? I'm he... trying to remember. Shut up. Where'd you find it? Where, Tim? Someplace around your wife's farm, maybe. Last night, maybe. Wait. Wait, I got it. Yeah. Yeah, sure, the pen. I picked it up. Sure. I know where. Sure. Mr. Roberts. No. Look out. Get out of my way. I'll kill you too. Grab him, Sheriff. That doesn't go. George. George, I know Ben Roberts is the murderer, but the only trouble is... Look at Tim McGean's face. Like the cat that ate the mouse. Of course, he did make a sucker out of you, but... Brooksy, stick around. In about two seconds, I'll settle once and for all who's the sucker in this case. are listening to Let George Do It. You will hear the conclusion of our adventure in just a minute. The 
Lips to Valentine, he confessed, so what's the difference? Uh, tell me now. Where did you find his pen, Tim? Well, you don't need it as evidence. I'll remember eventually, but last night I was so scared and upset... That you don't remember at all. Well, it must have been around a farm someplace. Uh-huh. You just pretended you knew so that he'd... Well, um... it did the trick. Boy, that guy's a real sucker. <laughs> You're pretty good at taking people in, too. Well... But it's so stupid. If you'd come to George in the first place and told him the truth instead of going out to buy that camera and pretending... Robert's phony hold-up story might never have been broken. Ah, he's right, Angel. The way it worked out. So, now I'm all clear. I pick up my $50 bill and camera from the sheriff and walk out. I gamble my whole savings and maybe five years in prison, and now I'm free and don't even cost me a cent. Hmm. Whole savings account, huh? Well, here, uh, look at this. Camera's worth over 200 retail, isn't it? Well, sure, I can get at least... Hey, wait a minute. No, give me that. Oh, no. Here's the receipt you signed. I bought that camera for 25 bucks. Get the picture? <laughs> so long, sucker. You have just heard Sucker Stunt, another Let George Do It adventure. Robert Bailey is starred as George Valentine, with Virginia Gregg as Brooksy. David Victor and Jackson Gillis wrote the story with music by Eddie Dunstetter. Now, this is yours truly inviting you to another visit with Valentine, when you will again hear what happens when you let George do it. Welcome back. Well, uh, that was a really uh, interesting way to solve uh, the case, though I felt a little sorry for the hired hand, because essentially George just uh, accused him of murder to kind of uh, set everybody else to reveal uh, the guy who hired him as a liar and then get to the actual killer. But I guess it all worked out in the end. And I should note that this is an episode where we do start to really fill in the gaps, as we do have several straight weeks of uh, episodes available, you know, rather than we just had uh, one from uh, April 30th, and then one from the middle of May, and then this one from June. Now we're going to start to really get into week after week of having the same episodes and filling this gap. All right, well, now we're going to talk about our plans uh, for the next uh, five seasons uh, with uh, Tuesdays. Now, all of the schedules uh, and plans are subject to change Tuesday more than others because we do play uh, newly uh, uncovered episodes of programs we've uh, completed on Tuesdays. And we never know when uh, quite a few episodes of a show we've played previously will come into play. We already have eight weeks uh, set aside for that uh, during season 11. And so who knows what will come through and that could push back the time frame on a lot of these programs. That said, here's what we have planned for Tuesdays. 
we'll be doing the Australian series, It's a Crime, Mr. Collins. And then we will do Public Defender, which is a short series. It'll take about two weeks. And then at that point, we will play some uh, revisits uh, with uh, three different series over eight weeks. And then we'll be doing Dick Tracy. Uh, from the 1930s and uh, 1940s. We have a couple of complete serials, and then uh, we have a couple half-hour episodes as well. And then in Season 12, we will get into Ahara, uh, just a short series with just a couple episodes, and then uh, Charlie Chan with one U.S. episode, and then several Australian episodes. Uh, This is O'Shea. And then the Australian version of the Fat Man. And then uh, in season 13, we'll play Martin Kane. We'll play Matthew Slade. Whether I've uh, found the Day of the Phoenix uh, three, uh, third part so we can play that serial uh, or not, we will go ahead and play uh, the other episodes of Matthew Slade. And then uh, we have a series we'll play for two weeks called uh, Meet Miss Sherlock. And then I Hate Crime, which is another Australian series. And then uh, we will uh, play Bulldog Drummond. Now, at that point, I'll be mostly out of series. I think there might be a one or two episode things uh, and one three episode series. Uh, but at that point, for Tuesdays, we'll mostly uh, move towards uh, playing a series we played previously, uh, and not new episodes, but just going back over them. And we're not going to go all the way through a particular uh, series, but we're kind of, kind of play several episodes from different programs that we have done uh, on Tuesdays. Uh, and, and, and it would be uh, something where we would play, say, four episodes of Barry Craig. And then four episodes of Sherlock Holmes with Basil Rathbone. And the reason we won't be completely replaying series is that we'll still be doing uh, revisits to uh, previous programs. So I don't want to, you know, clog it with uh, playing all the way through a series we played previously. And we do have all the old series in the archives. Now, eventually, uh, the uh, reruns, We'll give way to the fact that in season 14, we're going to get into the Bob Bailey five-parters. And so what we will do is we'll play uh, three episodes of the serial on Tuesday and then the other two episodes on Friday. And this also might lead to some juggling of the schedule when it comes to uncovering a revisit. So we might have a situation where Bulldog Drummond gets pushed back so far that if we were to play through it, uh, we wouldn't be able to start playing the serials. So we might uh, go to revisiting a few series until we get to the uh, Bob Bailey serials and then... After the serials, uh, play Bulldog Drummond. We'll just have to see how that works. So that's our plans for Tuesdays. And it's easily our most complicated uh, day of the week. So everything else will be easier. All right. Listener comments and feedback and listener emails in. I They have their email address, but uh, didn't actually provide a name. 
Hey, Rots, uh, I've enjoyed listening to your show. You give some fun facts. Here's my question. How many times a week uh, you think one of these detectives are hit on the head? It seems to me that after a month or two of this uh, whacking that they could hardly walk, let alone solve anything. Uh, I, I guess in regards to that point, uh, it's not a particularly realistic situation from a health standpoint that uh, the way that some detectives, and I don't think it's every show, and I don't think it's actually any show we're doing currently, but the way some are repeatedly week after week hit on the head, it doesn't seem like this, they would uh be able to continue like you said. However, I think that there is really a sort of element of a bit of fantasy in the way that these uh, series uh, go. I read an article a few years back making the point that, uh, you know, it would be possible for someone to train to be Batman, but Batman really wouldn't last all that long in real life with just the amount of damage that he takes. And I think there is that element there. Uh, I think with the detective programs outside of Dragnet, uh, there's this idea of a little bit of uh, suspension of disbelief. Uh, you have programs that are either uh, exaggerating something that uh, could have happened at one point, uh, the way a profession works, such as private detective, and then you have programs that are just totally um, unrealistic that are about, you know, the gentleman detective or the amateur who goes around solving mysteries every week. We just kind of suspend our disbelief and roll with it. And the same thing goes for the whole being hit on the head a lot thing. I mean, it's less unbelievable that someone like uh, Boston Blackie uh, solves a murder every week than it is that someone keeps getting bopped on the head with ill effects. The writer continues on, by today's standards, most of uh, these men would be considered macho pigs. My daughter dislikes these shows because how fawning these women are. They seem to follow like puppies. Do you think women, even back then, look at their relationships with men this way? Uh, thanks again for doing this. Well, it was definitely a different time. I wouldn't say that most of our heroes would be considered macho pigs, maybe a couple, three, but most of them are decent uh, guys, particularly for their times, though many might offend modern sensibilities. As for women, I think women, uh, many had different uh, priorities back then, but one thing I will say is that you have a lot of different uh, types of women portrayed in old-time radio. You have some that are really, you know, quite brilliant, independent, tough. And you have others who are closer to various uh, stereotypes. It's really, I think, you can generalize a lot about uh, women in old-time radio. But it's really hard to say, well, all women in radio were like that. You take a look. We just did the summer of Angela Lansbury. And she was given a whole variety of roles. Now, a few of those roles, I was kind of like, wow, really? Because it was a little bit silly, the character that she was playing. 
However, she also got quite a few interesting parts from not only literary works, but also some uh, original plays. So, while I think there are some cringe-inducing uh, moments uh, by modern standards for women, uh, it's really, uh, there's also some really uh, good roles that women were given, and uh, there's a lot to enjoy if you look for it. Thanks so much for the question. All right, as we get to the close of the episode, I do want to uh, remind you that you can support the show on a one-time basis, support.greatdetectives.net, sending a donation through the Zelle app to box13 at greatdetectives.net, and by mailing in a donation to Adam Graham, P.O. Box 15913, Boise, Idaho, 83715. And uh, I'll... If you do send along a donation of either fifty or one hundred dollars, uh, we one option we'll happily send to you is a gift certificate to RadioArchives.com. It's a wonderful uh, website where you can uh, pick up high quality old time radio sets as well as reprints of old pulp fiction uh, magazines such as Doc Savage and the Spider, as well as audiobooks. Of the same. A full list of available thank you gifts is over at support.greatdetectives.net. I do want to go ahead and thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you so much to Donald. Donald has been one of our Patreon supporters since February, currently supporting the program at the rookie level of $2 or more per month. Thank you so much for your support, Donald. And that will do it for today. Join us back here tomorrow for Rocky Jordan. And then we'll be back next Tuesday with another episode of Let George Do It. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.